Welcome to Comic Book Keepers, where we talk about comic book characters, their history, and their impact on our lives. I'm Chris. And I'm Lance. And today I'm very excited because we are going to be talking about the sci-fi hit series from Top Cow and Image Comics, Antarctica. But we're not doing this alone. We have the pleasure of welcoming the creator, the writer for the series, as well as being a award-winning screenwriter, film writer, who has forged a path into writing comics, novels, plays, poetry, game books, aka like interactive fiction. He is the co-founder of Blue Fox Comics, which has helped bring numerous Kickstarter projects to full funding and actually even has a current live project in Monuments. Joining us all the way from Scotland, welcome to the show, writer, creator of Antarctica, Simon Burks. Welcome to the show, Simon. Uh, well, yeah, thank you very much. Thank you for having me on. That's it's uh, it's quite a quite an intro. Yeah, I do all those <laughs> stuff, but yeah. your life before your eyes. <laughs> yeah, we are we are very grateful to have you on today. Simon woke up extremely early for us because obviously a big time difference between the U.S. and Scotland. So we we want to make sure that this is a lively and fun interaction so that Simon does not accidentally fall back asleep on us because yeah. it's yeah, warranted. Thank you very much. Yeah. You can't poke me with a big stick from where you are. So uh... We're just trying to send a notification. Maybe the beeps will get you. Maybe. Antarctica is written by our guest here, Simon Burks, with art from Willie Roberts and letters from Lyndon White. And we kind of want to get a little bit more into your career, Simon. So with, with your online presence, it describes you very much as like the screenwriter who has then went on to write in a variety of other formats and mediums. What in particular brought you to comics? Yes, it's a, it's a good question. Um, what brought me to comics? Uh, really, a number of it is I, I um, had uh, a lot of short films sitting on my hard drive, doing nothing, gathering dust. Uh, and so, yeah, and, and uh, I cannot tell you what, what point I suddenly thought, oh, I could do this. I could I could turn them into comics. Um, but it happened uh, very happily, um, probably probably around sort of um, 2012, 2013, something like that. So, yeah, and uh, I tried to write it. Um, uh, my first comic, um, one called Sinners, Sinners Number One, which was, again, based on a, a short film, um, or a series of short films. My wife and I um, went to some comic cons in the UK. Had looked at just to see whether it was even possible to do, because uh, I, I I've been out of touch from from comics for a long time. I, you know, I, my nan used to buy them for me when I was sort of uh, seven or eight um, Spider Man comics, and uh, and then and then it sort of I've always been a nerd, um, so but I sort of lost touch with, with, with comics for quite a while. But so we went back having a look at the uh, at Comic Cons in 2014. I was very happy with the amount, well, with the buoyancy of the of you know independent comics. Really, it it, it was lovely, and uh, that sort of spurred me on to to write and to um, yeah find artists um, and uh, yeah get that creative uh, creative stuff going. And um, it's it's gone very well. Yeah, so yeah. That's cool. Which which convention did you go to? You the first, the first one, one? Um, was um, London Super Comic Con. Uh, I know we went to that, um, and I don't think it's it, it, uh, I don't think it's still going. Um, so yeah, I think that was twenty fourteen. So it was it was yeah a nice environment, and it obviously the great thing about comic cons is they continue to be really nice environments. So it's, it's lovely mm-hmm. to be over there. I don't know. Stand behind. The, um, we had a booth at the last one, the M- MCM London. Um, 
we, we did uh, last week. First time we had a booth, so we've got yeah we, we, we've done so many comics that uh, yeah it now warrants this larger space and uh, yeah it, cool. it was it was really good. So um, and we do quite a few um, yeah comic cons now really. Uh, there's a thought bubble coming up next week, in fact. So we're going to be right. going to that. That'll be sort of like our I don't know how many times fifth or sixth time I guess because of uh, the COVID gap. It's it's a lovely environment. I, I enjoyed. Um, going along I, 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 very stressed obviously getting um you know a lot of dead trees um down the country from scotland <laughs> to london or, or, or wherever we're going um it's it's not a light escapade by any uh, by any means um but uh, yeah no it, it's it's always lovely sort of be able to do that and just uh, and new people find you each time a lot right. like each other really uh, um Every time we do a Kickstarter, you, know, you, you, you tend to a few people drop off, a few people come on, and yeah, it just it, it it's good. It, it's it's nice. Um, Blue Fox uh, has kind of found quite a nice niche, really, at the moment, to, and, and kind of sustains me. Um, I, I, in twenty twenty, I was able to sort of do this full time with, again, my wife's help paying the bills, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, it, it's just. It's quite an adventure, and uh, and hopefully will continue to be for quite a while. So yeah, this this is a this podcast is a COVID um, sort of um, baby as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, we have to do something with all these questions that we're asking each other. Yeah, so yeah, it's 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 fun how that they, they kind of spawn off of um, you know the the sort of restlessness of I need to make something, mm. uh, but that's awesome. Yeah, and until that point, I was doing IT. I was working in IT. That's what my, my career has been since I was whatever eighteen. It just got to a stage during COVID. We thought, okay, let's give it a go for three months. Let's, let's, let's see if I yeah. can, you know, you know, see what state I'm in after three months of full time doing this. And yeah, and, and I haven't looked back since. So it's really good. You mentioned you got Spider-Man as a kid. Were there any other comics that you read growing up, or or any favorite standout? stories i mean it it didn't even have to be sci-fi but yeah that... not i mean again not until the last um 10 years or so really it, it was sort of spider-man uh i th- i think my brother who, who who's older than me i think he got a different comic i i, I feel he got something like avengers or something but i, I yeah. didn't i didn't actually read it his ones um, uh, <laughs> and mine was, was were the UK versions as well, and I, right, I, I right. didn't remember them because some of them were like landscape format. Which yeah, is right. Odd. But but great. I mean, actually, you know, the fact that I can even remember them now is uh, we've we've been talking about a lot of British British versions of like the Marvel comics, like Death's Head too, and yeah, and uh, we we've talked about Transformers UK yeah. in the past and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. Captain Britain. I remember I had a Captain Britain annual, so that's very. Yeah, I never. I, I do have this. Uh, yeah, feeling of uh, because I'm from the UK, I guess, and uh, so that that was really good. And uh, you know, I'm not sure. Every time I do see sort of Captain Britain mentioned a few times when they're talking about the the MCU and stuff, and maybe, and yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. But anyway, yes, yeah. I remember that as well. And it's really important, isn't it? That's one of the things about comics: being able to you know recognize. Places or, or you know, yeah, you know, that's you know, part of what Blue Fox is really is. He's very keen to 
have a you know a, a, a diverse comics and and really branch out and also not only to publish my stuff but uh, and my wife's stuff but also publish other people as well and uh, yeah it, it's it's really good and uh, i think it's really important so to be able to do that and it's one of the mediums again talking about comic con and stuff like that and just the inclusiveness of comics so and independent comics especially uh, it's lovely to be able to be a part of that so. do you have any of those vintage spider-man comics anymore i think they literally fell to bits <laughs> I, think that's I think that's the truth. It. Saying that, uh, sorry, it springs to mind. It was quite a number of years ago. Um, there, there were some Star Wars ones as well. I think that, uh, that I had. I think I probably eBayed them, you know, nice. a while ago. But yeah, we had those as well. Um, those are so, good. Yeah, yeah. Again, quite I- iconic and very nostalgic in my brain. So yeah, so they were quite good too. Yeah, we we actually recently did did an episode of the show where we learned that the Star Wars books for Marvel, hmm. the acquisition of those comics actually saved Marvel from going under at that oh, time period. That's fantastic. Yeah. So they they weren't only just really fun stories for everyone to read, they legitimately kept the Marvel brand alive. It is fascinating, isn't it? The the the, the... <sighs> The, the way the uh yeah I think this is like a river and little tributaries sort of yeah. appear off there and actually but that's the main one that carries on going and you just don't yeah. know what's gonna as you say sustain marvel the struggling company back yeah. in the late right 70s yeah yeah no, it's it, crazy it's, it's interesting out of all your things um that you know that you've been writing comics and and screenplays and plays and everything like that it, yeah which are which artistic medium do you do you personally find the most rewarding or or the most difficult um 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 yes it's hard to pick your bait pick your favorite child (laughs) yeah um rewarding um i i I think i probably find comics the most rewarding really um because it's it's one you don't do alone so uh it's uh, nice to be able to obviously on board with um yeah, you're the artists and letterers and editors. and So I think in that sense, uh, I, I enjoy that and I enjoy the collaboration process of, of doing that. And the way that uh, inevitably the, you know, the artists um, improve the work, <laughs> you know, and, and, and yeah, you, you get back the pages and you think, yeah, that, that, yeah, A, yes, that's obviously, why didn't I think of that in the first place? And, and B, okay, now I can, I can work on it because it's like... You do the first draft or whatever, the first or second draft of the script, and then they're they're coming back with the the art, which is the third draft, really. Mm. And then I can work on, you know, putting obviously sticking the letter, getting the letter on to, to to letter it, and then you think, okay, well now I can now how cheesy does this all look, and what do I do to change it? <laughs> and stuff like that. So, uh, right, so yeah, I I wish I was in this position where the draft that I had was absolutely the letter puts it on, and we send it to you know top cow, and they think great. Because it just doesn't happen like that with me, so I'm very jealous of anybody who can do that. But no, I I, I have to look at it, and it, things change. I mean, it's not major things, but I, I you know they're just things that need him uh, that need changing. So, so yes, I guess in that sense, and and it's done so well as well. Comics has been um, such a such a hit for um, for us. So that's so that's probably the best thing. Um, now that Antarctica is a like a, an ongoing, so that's quite a, that's quite a, a different challenge in itself. Um, to to write it 
yeah, to work uh, every month. So, so in in a way, that's also quite a challenge at the moment because up till now we've been doing obviously independent comics, so, uh, and I've been writing them. It's one of those things where I think, oh, okay, yeah, what, do I feel like writing something that, you know today or this week or whatever? Uh, but now it's no, you don't have the choice. I mean, you you have to write this, now and it has to, you know, it has to be. Yeah, interesting. Has to connect to obviously everyone reading it and 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 keep them going and 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 um, keep it in their pool list. It's so it's it's all uh, yeah. So I think comics is is currently everything at the moment. So it, it's sort of all all colors of the spectrum. Comics are everything to us all the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's it's such a lovely medium to be lost in as well. So it's true. Uh, yeah, but uh, I still I mean. I like writing uh, screenplays. Um, I don't do it very much now, uh, but sometimes one one of the ways I sort of try and work myself out of writer's block sometimes is to, yeah, if it's like a, it's to change the medium. So if I'm writing something and I can't think, okay, what the hell is going to happen in in this uh, in this comic? I'll, I'll write a short story based on that, and you know, it feels with the same characters in in this situation, and let them breathe a bit doing that, or or say it may be a screenplay. Yeah, so, but I, I do sort of swap between mediums. I'm not saying any of them are good, but that's what I do, <laughs> um, and it just helps me sort of uh, be able to, 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 yeah, to find a new way to to uh, forge the story ahead. So. Before we jump straight into Antarctica, I do have a question about you. You writing game books, so these interactive, like interactive fiction. So, can you talk a little bit about the development of those and and what those look like? Because you also have one running right now on Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah, indeed. Um, so, yes, the game books. Well, Fighting Fantasy game books um, came out in the UK when I was 12, in 1982. Uh, and uh, I was... Uh, it's it formative years. I, 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 couldn't, I probably didn't have that many friends in the nicest way. And uh, it was just a way of getting into these things that, you know, I, in many ways, D&D was still quite early, um, early doors. And uh, I, I, yeah... I just didn't have the people to play. So having these solo adventure books was just, yeah, absolutely incredible. So uh, I really, uh, so it was a big thing for me. And in fact, I still have all the, whatever, 59 uh, Fighting Fantasy downstairs, you know, sitting on a shelf. Um, and then and I, and then I spent the next, let's say, 45 years or whatever it would be, 30, uh, 35 years, trying to write them. And and uh, coming up short and, and and starting so many of them, um, uh, because I just hadn't really worked out how to do them. And fortunately, uh, in between the time that you know, twelve and whatever it was, forty-seven, uh, I actually managed to uh, you know the software improved. So there's now um, something called the Gamebook Authoring Tool that I personally use. There, there are other ones, but. This is the one I, I find most useful. So it keeps track of, you know, it just does a flowchart for you and it keeps track of it. And, you know, it's, 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 it's pretty damn good and shuffles all the sections. So really now it's a, yeah, so that was really good. And I was also, I realized what I needed to do for the game books was to have a kind of a physical map of what the, the what happens in the game book. So I bought some Pathfinder tiles, like dungeon tiles, uh, I thought, well, for, for the first one, if I really want to give it a go, let's just do a simple dungeon crawl. Uh, so I put, you know, I had the dining room table, put the little tiles out, you know, made up my little head cannon as I was doing it. 
uh, and yeah, had some little Pathfinder tiles as well and placed those on the map. And this, yeah, it was really a physical thing. Um, and I was able to, I don't know, that way, I was able to actually finish the thing. Obviously, it took, still took ages. Um, but uh, yeah, being able to see the roots and things and the Finding Fantasy books were like 400 sections each. Um, pretty much every single one was. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to aim for that. 400 sections, if I get that, I'm a very happy man. And so in the first one was 700 sections. It worked out in the end. So it was uh, it was just a, a bit of a, a mega one, but thoroughly enjoyable. Um, and one of the other things it does, talking about sort of going back to the cons idea, is that last year we sort of started doing um, gaming conventions as well. So tabletop gaming conventions. Uh, so there, there, there's a tabletop Scotland um, which we went to, uh, we've been to twice now, and also one called Aircom, which is in Harrogate, which is the same place actually, it's actually the same hall which uh, Thoughtbot was going to be in next week. Um, and they just, it just obviously, certainly in the UK, every time you go to a, a comic shop, they generally sell board games. They're, so there's a big sort of crossover there. Um, so yeah, and it does re- we do really well. The, the gaming, um, the people who come to the gaming conventions are incredibly nice people um really have been very welcoming to us the game books are kind of like uh my, my foot in the door for their for those ones although we sell comics there quite quite happily as well so it's, it's a great format i say so we did the first one which is called arcane rights uh, and then the second one um i was adapting the shadow over in's mouth uh into a comic form so and i thought well wouldn't that be a great sort of situation and place to create a game book of so i sort of so it's like set in Innsmouth, but fifteen years before the story, uh, and yeah, it's like a yeah, it's a stealth horror type type one, as you'd expect, I suppose. Uh, yeah, and it's just it, it's lovely, and, and we've got monuments as well at the moment. Which is, it, um, I I started a uh, a Substack newsletter, um, and sort of I put out sort of quarterly, I put out a, a, an adventure, and these are this monuments book is the first three of those from the last year I've collected into a book. Uh, and they're sort of set, uh, one set underground, one's uh, just kind of storming a, a fantasy tower, and the second one is set in space. So they're, they're different scenarios, but uh, using the same kind of set of rules. But yeah, and, and it, it it keeps me off the streets. Um, so yeah, it, <laughs> it's very enjoyable. So yeah, uh, but it's also building, I'm sort of, uh, wife and I are sort of, uh, again, building um, more into arcane rights to try and build it up into more of an RPG sort of. Mm-hmm book uh, but yeah slowly and surely we're not going to rush on that because there's a lot i mean it's, it's there's a lot out there at the moment so i just need to yeah want to get it right yeah we're we're both D players as well yep. so. <laughs> yeah we actually met through playing D. yeah no, that's cool that's yeah and my, my wife um again she uh I'd never played D anD D, but always wanted. I'm always the chap who walks into the Warhammer store or Games Workshop <laughs> store as they were. Looked around, yeah, I loved to walk around looking at the you know the models and, and all that sort of stuff. But again, never really had the time to sit down and, and do the rules and and, and work yeah. all that out. So, but yeah, a few years ago, the local comic shop did sort of introduction to D anD D sort of sessions, and so yeah, we went to that as a, as a birthday. Um, sort of present really thoughtful things so i really enjoyed that and so we, and we have played after that as well with some friends we've got a couple of friends in the states so we play it's thoroughly enjoyable i do enjoy it i think i've got a some sort of a halfling thief or something or rogue or something like <laughs> and it's a lot of fun it's one of those things it's amazing that you just can't stop laughing when you're playing you know it's just such silly it's, it's allowed to 
oh, yeah. create on the fly. And, you know, uh, one, one of our characters sort of, um, I think there's some weird, some cat stuck on the roof or something. And one of, my, one of the other characters just picked me up and tried to throw me up, which was really <laughs> good start. But literally, I always have one. to throw the halfling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and rolled a one, so it yes. just threw me into the side of the building. But it's just very, very silly and stuff like that. You know? It's just, and you can't stop laughing, and it, it kind of just naturally happens. Uh, yeah. Again, at the I, I didn't see them, but I know London MCM critical role people. Oh yeah, there. they were just yeah. they were just there, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Uh, so obviously very big. So uh, and that was interesting, obviously, to change the change the uh, flavor and 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 the you know, the mix up of the people going to that show as well. So you never know. I, mm. I feel as well that maybe that one will start dipping their toes into being more uh, tabletop games as well. So that might be interesting. Speaking of throwing people like a fastball special onto a roof to save a cat, let's switch gears back to the comic side of things. So to help promote Antarctica and why our listeners should absolutely be putting this book on their pull list, here is the description of Antarctica straight from Top Cow's website. Hannah's life imploded the day her father failed to return from the secretive Smith-Peterson research station in Antarctica. Alone and on the street, she's at her lowest ebb when a friend offers help. Retrained as an engineer, Hannah secures a job at the same Antarctic station to search for her father and stumbles headfirst into a conspiracy that threatens everything she's ever believed. Simon, what what do you feel like were your biggest influences in developing the story of Antarctica? It's interesting. Again, like so many things, I cannot tell you the point where I thought, oh yeah, I should do this, this type of story. I, I know that... Um, I had a round table with Top Cow because, again, fortunate enough, I was in the right place at the right time. Uh, and uh, they Top Cow running a Kickstarter for uh, their stairway uh, anthology book. And uh, there was a chance to, if I paid a thousand dollars, you know, quick enough, uh, I was, could be one of the people in that book. And I knew it was a good deal. And yeah, you know, as soon as I saw it, so. Uh, I was very fortunate enough to have that money uh, um, available, so I backed it. And then, a couple, I think, it feels like a couple of years later, the, the round table in in LA actually happened, and we flew out there and had a little holiday around it because I wanted to sit down. I wanted to be able to, you know, sit in the same room uh, as Top Cow and learn from them. And that that was uh, that was a really good experience as well. Um, obviously, meeting Matt Hawkins uh, and. Um, yeah, and and just just learning stuff and just being in that environment. And obviously, as I am an opportunist, I also took out the books that I by then I'd actually created as well, and sort of said, "Hey, yeah, it was my co- I kind of always kind of looked at a lot of these comics uh, as well. They are like this is what I can do. Have a look, uh, like calling card type things, but a uh, calling card with a lot of love put into it. Um, so it's so yeah, I was able to do that. So and then. Um, a couple of years later, sort of, I think they sort of said, "Well, would you like to pitch us sort of a longer version of Antarctica?" And so I said, "Yes, <laughs> of course," because um, up up till then I hadn't really pitched anything to anyone, um, and uh, yeah, and and they liked it, and and uh, it was a very happy day when they sort of I uh, got the email saying, "Yes, we'd like to go for this." Um, so. So the actual idea came. Um, well, it must have come before I had that sit down because that that was the, the first, or in fact, the last six pages of issue one uh, is is the story, or, or are the pages that are actually printed in in, in the Stairway Anthology. 
Um, so yeah, so I, I, I know I had it for going into there, and I, I have the document still on my hard drive, sort of my rough ideas for it. But golly gosh, I cannot tell you where the idea came from, apart from obviously the fact that you know, I, I, I love sort of single location type scenarios. Um, always a big fan of those, uh, and uh, obviously. Uh, being a nerd, love the thing uh, as well, so that must have played into it somewhere. I was, I was hoping the thing would make an appearance in this answer. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it definitely does. It, it's one of my yeah all time favorite films. I have to say, um, same. Mm, just so yeah, uh, and whilst Antarctica isn't a horror, um, it, it's pretty much you know yeah. I think sci fi mystery thriller. I think they put it down as, which is uh, yeah, which is pretty good. So it covers a lot of bases. As a writer, I, I've always always enjoyed writing female protagonists. I don't know. I just wanted to, yeah, I wanted to just just to see what happened. Just to just throw it out there. I mean, I always find it interesting that those six pages, which is again the final six pages in 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 the anthology, um, sort of do mention this character uh, called Jim, but don't actually you don't never see him in those six pages. And I never even really knew who this Jim was because I only really ever wrote those six pages. But of course, then the lovely thing is going back and almost you know with writing a lot what helps me sometimes is actually having restrictions on it so uh, there's competitions that I've done in the past where you, you know you'll get a genre and uh, object and uh, I don't know something needs to be said and that, it's like being at school and they give you the first line of the essay you've got to write or the first line of the story that works really well for me because I think okay brain you've got you actually got to do something here you can't just go off in any tangent you actually got to fit within these rules um and so having sort of written those six pages i, I then had to think okay well what's going to lead up to this so issue one was uh was a lot of fun just just really you know putting those pieces together that i that i've that i've given myself sorry probably rambling um but uh it, that that's sort of yeah that, that's uh how I got into it and, and, and how I built the sort of the story again around those those initial six pages um, that I did for the anthology. Uh, and then after that, it, well, it's just a, you know, it's just a, a wild ride really for, for the writer and for the reader, um, which is uh, very nice. But yeah, uh, we got sort of, I think issue, issue five um, is coming out uh, sort of mid-November. Yep. So that's the end of the first arc. Uh, and uh, yeah, so that's that, that's lovely, and, and that's obviously will set up the, the new arc, which arrives in, in December. We got a chance to read that, uh, mm. which we won't spoil too much right now. But <laughs> yeah, but it's very very interesting uh, where it's going. So um, it just kind of keeps building and building, and you're like, oh okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it does. It, it, it's uh, I, in my head, Antarctica was always more than just the five issues, or it was only sort of. Uh, okayed for the as a mini series five issue mini series so yeah that the last page got changed um for issue five uh, mm. when they said yes we'd like you to do it as an ongoing series so i was very happy about that um and and changing it and, and including a, a new character and then in the next arc so we, we go back 15 years so instead of a, a battle star galactica one year later sort of big jump it's it's a 15 years before but we get right. to we get to learn um yeah and you just get to know more of the mystery as it plays out through through uh, another uh, another scenario still in antarctica 
Antarctica is like this sci-fi thriller mystery, like you mentioned, and there are many twists and turns and reveals. Were there any like major changes from what you initially envisioned for the series that have mm. now kind of played out in a way, or like as you went through your development process with the with your artist, did anything mm. kind of stand out or change for you? If you look at the pitch that I sent Top Cow and the actual issues that are published. I'm not sure how much crossover there is. <laughs> there, I mean, there's some, um, but things have changed. Certainly, I, I think you just get, as you get more into the story and you think, okay, you know, what's what's the, you know, what am I going to reveal? What's the cliffhanger going to be for this one? Uh, I think that also shapes the story. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think in the development process, in fact, because we were slightly, well, we were quite ahead when we were de- developing uh, arc one. So I was getting, you know, we, we hadn't, I think we'd actually probably, Willie had, had drawn four issues by the time, you know, issue one came out in July. So that was quite a nice, again, quite a nice process for me because I, I get them back. And, you know, I know Willie well, I work with Willie with Blue Fox and I work with uh, Lyndon who does the lettering uh, for Blue Fox as well. He also does art for us. So I, I know them very well. Um, so yes, it was a case that I would, it was actually getting to the stage where I was getting the, 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 um, pages back from Willie and in Lyndon was lettering them. And I was thinking, okay, what's the next issue going to be <laughs> now I've got it. And it was spurring me on. So again, it was, I was using that as a, as a big, big input to what's literally what's going to happen in the next issue. You know, I've got, I've got issue three now coming lettered. Okay. I'd read it and it would, yeah, it just fires the synapses, doesn't it? You think, okay, actually now I can, I can do this and, and it would help me with the, my issue four when I was running issue four. So that's, that, that was a, a big luxury that I had before. It was an ongoing series. I don't know, it, 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 they are different and it, the, it, the twists and turns as, as a writer happened to me as well. I mean, I think, oh, again, um, recently I was writing uh, issue nine and uh, I got to the end of issue nine, and I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. And then, as as often happens, one of the characters um, just turns and, and, and says a line. You think, "Oh, that's what that's why my brain was was coming up with this stuff." I see now, and, and yeah, and every, everything sort of clicks into place. And you have to just be, you didn't have to go back and change it all, but you get to that. Yeah, you, know, you have to write. Sometimes you just have to write all the pages to get to the nub of why you're writing the thing, and then you think, "Okay, that's that's a lot better." Thank you, thank you, Brain, for wasting those weeks. Now I'm going to come back and uh, and rewrite rewrite that stuff. But uh, but it's exciting, and it has to be. I I I I know that if I, I sat there and if I meticulously planned every issue and the arcs, I I wouldn't. I'd find it really difficult to write them. So as a, but so as a writer, I need to be able to just be interested as my as myself it's a classic sort of adage you know if you know if you're bored by it the readers are going to be bored by it so it needs to be interesting for me i need to make that just as interesting as i'm writing it hopefully that answers the question oh you did yeah <laughs> okay top cow just announced it's going to be an ongoing series so congratulations on that that's that's amazing um without going into spoilers yet how do you see the world of antarctica expanding and what i want to know is will antarctica ever leave antarctica uh, i mean you said you like having this kind of single 
you know, location series, but I'm, I'm kind of like, I want to see the alternate, the, the, the mirror universe uh, outside yeah. of this and what's different. And like, that's, yeah. that's kind of what's, uh, no one's going to be able to clear, but as you say, things like that, my, my hair stand up on my arm because yes, yes, I know what's happening. <laughs> of course. Um, you. <laughs> and I know what I want to happen. Obviously it, it, it the, the big thing is it's, you know, if, if people keep picking up the book, then we keep going, uh, I think is the, the crux of it. So, uh, um, but yes, uh, lots of things. Uh, yes, there's ideas. Definitely, it'll come out of um, parts of the story will come out of Antarctica, um, uh, and you'll, um, uh, you know, in my mind, yes, we'll, we'll focus on maybe you know, in, in this arc, a couple of characters are split off from from the main pack. So I want, I want to, I want them to, you know, this have their this adventure their their arc what's going to happen where, where they are and definitely in my mind currently where they are is not in another antarctica they're they've actually gone somewhere else um on one of the, on one of the other earths uh but it's not there it's yeah it's going to be exciting and it, and it, i think it has to leave antarctica to, to, to a degree um because with each new thing with each new arc you have to introduce new stuff uh, i you know i, I can't yeah Going back to remember watching Heroes, like the first uh, series of Heroes, really oh, good, yeah. really interesting. Um, like the you know, the the villain there, just wanted the villain to die at the end of the first series. I didn't want him, I didn't want them coming back. So when yeah. I think in my in my brain, I, I remember seeing that you know was his name Siler, Siler. Yeah. yeah, and and seeing the fact that he disappeared and he crawled into a manhole cover or something like that. I thought, oh no, I didn't want that. I did, I'll just have somebody else now. But I, I know I know why TV series do it because you know people like to see you know these you know, they like continuity and stuff like that. But but Simon doesn't. Um, so but <laughs> I, but I so yeah I, I want to introduce new things. I want I want people to yeah have not just the same same old arc, which is why you know second arc is we're going back fifteen years and and, and seeing different people uh, and uh, but as well as as long as I'm building the world and you know. Unveiling slash building the mystery around this sort of central story, which is Hannah, Hannah's looking for their father. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, I think, yeah, I'm going to go for that. Yeah, I, I'll just, uh, I'll make sure. You know, it's interesting, and uh, I, I, I'm very keen to want people to care about the, the characters that I'm reading. Whenever I watch something. Uh, I, I just want to care about them. If I don't care about them, I'm not going to keep reading, um, which is why, you know, when you look at issue one, a lot of issue one is dedicated to sort of building up who Hannah is and what her her, her life has been and, and, and the troubles that she's had to face. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway. Uh, but that, those as well. Um, earlier on, well, yesterday for us now, uh, we finished watching the, the, the Bodies series on Netflix. Have you seen oh, that yeah. yet? Body yeah, so, yeah, so love that. Really cared about, um, I can say, Hillinghead, who's the 1890s. You know, I could watch a whole series or 10 series of him just solving crimes in the 1890s. <laughs> in Andor, he was fantastic as well. And <laughs> yeah. Fantastic actor. Oh, my word. I, I just want to care about something. That's a bit of people. If I care about the characters, then, then mm-hmm. that's that. So, again, I think my comics, you will see that. In, in in the second arc, we'll, we'll, we bring another character on board who's going to be a major player, but I want you to care about them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's kind of how I 
how I approach uh, writing stories and, and, and things like that. Um, and, and, and it's weirdly devoid of a lot of a lot of medium nowadays. There's some things you sit down and think, yeah, I really want to, I, I wouldn't get into this, but I don't know. I just don't like anyone. Yeah, yeah you, don't, you don't have to be nice people. You can like bad people, but, you know, it's just, you've got to have something. They've got to, you got to connect with them somehow. Well, I, I, I mean, I think that's the thing, right? It, it That's the key thing that we're all kind of tied into with, with this, especially with the story is it's, you know, everybody's got some sort of familial connection. Like Hannah's looking for a dad that that's the crux of the story. It's just like, and we, we still kind of like at the end of this arc are still kind of like, where is he? And, you know, it's, it's really interesting. And is there a second dad, you know, somewhere? So it's, it's all this. Have I ever mentioned her her mother at all? I I don't know. Right. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) What does it mean? It it reminds me of a lot of, um, I'm, I'm a big JJ Abrams fan from like Mm. the, the alias and fringe and, and all of that. It was like sci-fi kind of spy stuff. And, and it, this reminded me of, of that, like that really hooky kind of plot twist cliffhanger storylines yeah. a, a big fan of, of fringe i haven't seen alias um but, yeah. but fringe yeah absolutely love yeah, yeah it, and it, and it's all about it's just about family like it's it really comes yeah. down to that yeah that's right Great. yeah you cared about yeah you cared about them yeah especially you know, especially the well, professor whatever his, his dad <laughs> but yeah it was um yes i i agree it, it, it's really what it comes down to is um you, you've got a in any any of the characters, I mean, this is a nice thing. But again, having a, a diverse range of characters, you know, being able to pick up on um, either visually or, or you know emotionally what's what they're going through and uh, and connecting. Gosh, mm-hmm. yeah, that's what it's all about. It, it's a great cast. I love how you kind of bring them in gradually. Like Mateo comes in really strong, and then you <laughs> yeah. have and then you have Hirsch, who's kind of like subtle, yeah. and and then even like the alternate, you know. The, the other earth characters yeah. the mirror version that the yeah yeah traditional the version yeah. Alt. we've got yeah. alt so and so and alt so and so but but yes but i remember somebody also uh referenced uh hannah uh, or the main hannah was hannah prime which i thought was quite amusing <laughs> um so i've actually i started calling it in arc two she's called hannah prime now so just to help me and but anyway yeah that's fantastic yeah yeah it's I, yeah i really enjoy it and i enjoy creating these characters again because when you create the characters and, and their personalities uh it, it is simon restricting himself because then they have to act in a certain way as, as you carry on through because nothing so jarring as is a character acting out of uh, out of character i i think that's a perfect segue because we've been alluding to really the the twist from the end of that first issue so if anyone listening mm hasn't read the first issue yet and would like to not have this part spoiled i would strongly suggest going out buying antarctica issue one and then coming back to the remainder of this story because we are going to get a little bit into the spoiler side of things just for the first few issues of antarctica the other great thing i'll jump in and say is that i know that issue one is available on the top cow site for free oh look at that so you can download you can read it online uh, at the top cow um yeah it's on the it was on the front page a few days ago i'm sure it's still there so yeah have a, have a look on, on there look at that you get to you get to read the first issue without even leaving your phone while you're listening to this episode <laughs> it's yeah. amazing how convenient we've made this for you indeed so getting into that we we find out that hannah 
at this this research facility in Antarctica, there's kind of this this moment where on the screen two research facility buildings that are identical pop up next to one another. You find out it's not an error, but instead their team has been brought into this other universe where there are versions or some of the versions of themselves and they start to interact and that really is the the catalyst to the, the question of what in the world is going on in this story with it being somewhat of a multiversal story which we've seen quite a bit in various media right now simon i i want to know from you what do you feel like makes a compelling multiversal narrative i think one of the key things for me behind the key drivers behind antarctica is is that good old question what what would happen if i made a dis- different decision or if a different decision was made for me sort of thing so i think this is what we're looking at here when we meet the other hannah this is you know again early on in issue one sort of one of the things hannah is doing she's playing with a with a doll who is a, a doctor she's playing with several dolls but one of them happens to be a doctor doll when she's younger and so so i want to think okay want to seed that sort of idea or well, maybe you know, maybe there is a you know a version of hannah who 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 enjoy playing with that Dr. Doe for a reason uh, and uh, and then took that um, path in life and and and, uh, and went with it so this is what we say the the, the Hannah curse that we that, that comes in at the end is is, is a doctor so it's, it's that sort of thing but I mean there's a lot more to, to her than that um, the whole thing but yes yeah, so I think that's one of the the core principles or core drivers behind Antarctica is is that idea of what would happen if, if something was different and also what would happen if I saw that person who had made a different decision and you think you know and then you start to question yourself or, or, or not uh, as the case may be so that it is uh, so it's very exciting and just multiversal stories I mean just it, that is the point I think I mean, really for me um, to see other other versions of yourself um, you know who didn't enjoy seeing uh, Mr. Fantastic um, being played by, I can't remember this chap's name now, but you know. Uh, oh, John Krasinski, yeah. Yeah, you know, just for five five seconds. I lost it. it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lance can attest to that. I was like, oh, it's him. Yeah, you, you, he like almost jumped out of his seat in the theater. <laughs> yeah. And then he turned into spaghetti. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, yeah. What a, anyway, but yes, yeah, that, that sort of thing. So it's, it's, it, it's, it's lovely to do that. And, and um, and it will be something which will happen quite a bit. I feel, um, yeah, where, where we suddenly, yeah, we introduce new people and and yeah, and, then, and I like the fact that also there's there's sort of characters in the background um, which you don't really think about. Well, you, well, are there, and so you know, it, it's again, it's not it's not as as unsubtle as having a gun in the first act and then using it in the third, right. but it's you know, it it is there. Okay, I will seed these things in and and you know there's a reason why that person's there or a reason why something is being said well like one of the what i mean if you have multiple versions of one person it's almost kind of begging for like well one of them might be not expendable but you know no one's safe i mean because yeah. one of them could die or, yes you know. exactly yeah that's exactly as right. a writer that's got to be exciting yeah it, it, yeah the whole thing is just exciting yeah there, there's one point um i think in it in issue five where an alt of a of a, of a character sort of 
appears uh, and it's just super exciting because uh, and, and you see, you know nothing apart from you you, you see their face uh, and you think okay what's yeah and it's the possibilities it's, it's, it's again getting the reader to think getting them excited about okay well what could happen with this person you know so gosh it's just exciting i mean just the fact that you know assuming everybody's read uh, issue 1 you know now by now um you know having um jim sort of just go sort of as you know just this you know being such an important part of hannah's life and then and then you know as often happens in life for no reason whatsoever it, he's just not there anymore and and having that and then obviously that that's it's a big thing and also you know when when i don't know how much i can say but you know having that character that not be the only appearance of that character uh, because also you've got because of the way he he he, he died you, you've then got that in the background so of everybody's minds including hannah's but of the reader's minds and so yeah you know, i want to be really you know they're involved with the story and and and, and worried about everyone I want you to be worried about. It. I want them, you know, to keep you up at night, thinking, "Oh my God, I don't want them to die," because that's what happens to me with the, with the mm-hmm. best with the best shows and everything. You, you, I still we still haven't watched the the film of. I mean, have you ever seen the Last Kingdom? But uh, on, again, on Netflix, it's sort of it's a fantastic series. I would recommend it to everyone. Um, but it's kind of a, a, a Viking. It's Viking sort of based on the Bernard Cromwell books. But anyway, and there's a film that they've made after it because, and I just don't want to, I do want to watch it, but I don't want to watch it because I, I love all the characters so much. I don't want anyone to die. Again, in, in, in my, in my, in, well, in actual canon up until I, you know, I know who's alive and who's not alive. And I, I, if they carried on in perpetuity, whatever, um, forever, then, um, you know, I'd be a happy man. So yeah, there is that sort of, Jim is such a great character because it's, you know, I think a lot of people growing up have their parents or maybe, you know, absentee parents or whatever. And then they have these like surrogate parents, you know, found family, you know, godfathers or found family or anything. And it's I think that was kind of nice to have that. And it's nice for Hannah to have this character that's like she cares about finding her father, but she also it changes her directory when she sees this alternate gym and it's like what <laughs> yeah yeah and I, and I loved again that that's just one of those scenes i thought okay well how can i introduce jim oh he's going to give her a cup of coffee i mean it's just because you know, in the first issue he, he runs a coffee shop and it's just lovely things like that which yeah which my, my brain throws up uh, and i think yeah it's, it just really works and sort of i don't know it's just uh, it makes the whole process rather wonderful as I was reading the issues, I was like, oh, Simon's using Jim to tug at my heartstrings throughout this entire series. He's just playing because yeah. I love Jim in that issue. And then we, the reveal of his passing mm. and then how that changes the, tra- the trajectory of Hannah and mm. really where she's going to be going in that story. Yeah. Well, she kind of says no more, doesn't she? At that point, she says, OK, no more. That's that, that's as, as I think as many, many, many people would do. Okay, what what the hell can I do now about it? Okay, okay, I can I can't bring Jim back, but I I can find my father. I yeah, I, well, I can try and find him. I try and find out what what happened to him. So it's yeah. So that loss, um, yeah, just just it, it, yeah, is an impetus for her to. Uh, okay, I, I need to I need to do something, uh, and I need to do it for Jim 
really, because you know, for, for the care and, and, and love that he showed her. Um, so yeah, it's just it's it's a complicated old thing. Sometimes I think, God, did I did I think of this? Yeah, but there you go. As I was reading the story, a few issues in, we get to see the character, like the two characters of Ben and is it pronounced Royson? Uh, uh, Roshan. Roshan. Okay. Yeah. So these two characters, I I found their their back and forth so unbelievably heartwarming and the the just the immediate connection that they have when there's these two pretty much rival factions going on and you you find out why they are uh, up against one another very quickly but at the same time these two immediately have this connection and are and are kind of learning from one another about how taking that that change that that trajectory in their life uh, mm. can can affect them and their development and in yeah. being able to see one on a different path than the other and how mm. that's changed them is just absolutely beautiful. And, mm. and I, I just wanted to know how that thought process came through for you and your feelings around developing these particular characters. Yeah. Um, in, in the years, um, during the COVID years as well, um, I sort of, uh, I, I was doing a call. Um, I, I still do the call sometimes. Um, um, and uh, with comic creators, uh, and one of those um, comic creators is, is a trans woman. And uh, it, it, it never really, uh, I, I, it was my, um, yeah, I, I just learned so much. That's the, the truth of it, I learned so much. And that, that's the important things that we obviously we can all do every day is just bloody well learn. Um, and, and, and it was, um, you know, as I was also writing it, and it just made sense. If you, see, if you look in the pitch, it would not mention this at all, but it's, it, it grew. I, 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 I grew as a person. I learned a lot, and I, it, it was just it was just such, a, as you say, a, a lovely thing, um, an understanding thing. And, and the important thing, I, I left it to issue four for this reveal because I want people to bloody well care for these people, for, for like the, the, the character... Roshan and um, and then suddenly think oh I didn't realize you know I just and I just want to as much as I can you know try and and and, and I don't know if, if their if their bulb is there just to try to, to, it's already a light to try and turn it up a little bit or to try and you know turn that bulb on and to think about other things uh, and and it just made perfect sense it's again it's one of those things that absolutely makes perfect sense with this story. Um, if they ever do a TV adaptation, I, I, I'm going to love to see it. But it, it's yeah, it's going to be challenging, shall we say? But it, it's really, it's such a, a lovely thing. And um, and again, what happens after you know, issues four and issue five? You look at it, you think, in my mind, yeah, okay, just it just it's great. It, that, that that is what would happen, and it does really. It, 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 you need, you know, they need to help each. Some they need they need help, and who the hell is going to help them? And 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 this character, and 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 with their similarities, obviously, uh, really, uh, just just is a um, big words fail me. But it, yeah, it's just such a such a nice and lovely, and and say heartwarming, and hopefully eye opening way for people to read it and, and understand uh, a bit more. There you go. I don't know. It's it, thank you for enjoying it as well because. Um, you know, I, I, I sit here as a, a white man uh, and you know, it's important for me 
to show everybody that I can, you know, I want them to have a face in my comic. So, yeah. I want yeah. Mm, anyway, yes, that's really good. I, 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 it was just, it was a no-brainer, really, when it comes down to it. When, when, when the idea hit, again, it was that sort of, oh, right, yeah, okay, yeah, thank, yeah thanks, past Simon in your brain, you know, for, <laughs> For, for, for brewing it up and it was it was just lovely uh, and uh yeah I, I hope people yeah i hope it people read it and, and, and care the comics that i feel i connect with the most are the ones that i have though those emotional connections to like there's those moments that i that i can go just oh that is just it's a beautiful thing or oh that made me feel like a very strong emotion in this particular yeah. scene and that's exactly what that that relationship did so if if you are the type of comic book reader that enjoys moments of sincerity and and just like honestly heartwarming moments among absolute chaos that can be going on in a multiversal <laughs> story, absolutely pick up Antarctica because you got to let your comic shops know because the FOC for the start of the next arc, so issue six is going to be the FOC date is November 13th. So if you're listening to this on the day of release, you have a few days to reach out to your comic shops, but also make sure you pick up issue five on the 15th of November. So literally you, you can pick up that issue. See if your shop has any of the other issues and backlog that you haven't picked up yet. You you already know you can read issue one on top cows website for free. So you only mm-hmm. got to pick up a few others. Nice thing is about uh, the art, say, arc to sunny in December, we go back 15 years. So is, if, you, if you can't get your hands on these things, it's not, well, you, you can online. You'll be able to buy them, obviously, on, on any online um, comic store. Uh, so that's okay. But whilst we are going back 15 years, um, you don't have to know what happens in arc one. It, well, I guess it will help, but you don't really have to. It's a new mystery with younger versions of the characters. Sounds really good, and also the, the trade for number one comes out in in uh, February, so you can always catch up when you, when the trade comes out in February. So, oh, fantastic, Simon. Is there anything that we haven't touched on for Antarctica that you wanted to let our listeners know about? No, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah, no, it's uh, no. I think lots of questions. No, that's great. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course, absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode. And yeah, thank a- you. again. You joined us so early in the morning for you, so we we hope we we entertained. Oh, very much, yeah. As you see, I I, I get more animated as, as my uh, as I get more awake. So yeah, that, that's really good. So, thank you for having me on the show. It, it's 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 lovely to be able to talk about and yeah, and it's like again, it's part of the the comics community and uh, it's just yeah. I mean, it's it's not a big community. Uh, it needs to be bigger. But so it's really lovely to. Uh, to come on and 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 and, and meet you too and uh, say hello to your your listeners so. yeah and if you ever come stateside for a convention uh let us know we will hang out have some tea yeah. yes <laughs> have a pint nice. <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. All, all those things yeah, yeah. yeah sounds great so it's time to close the book on antarctica so until next time this is chris and this is lance and this is simon reminding you to keep your friends close but your comic books closer
Perfect. Oh, nice. <laughs> Everyone be on the lookout for the renaming of Antarctica Sahara Desert because they're changing <laughs> locations. <laughs> the Sahara, yeah. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs>